Welcome back to the Barrel Project. This is episode 95 with Hoyt Target Archery Recurve Brand Manager, Mr. Doug Denton, and our Barrel Shooting Staff, Mr. John Demmer, Matt Yaka, and Robbie Weisinger, and myself. Just bringing you the up close and personal information about the new 25 and 27 inch GMX3 series and the Barrel Weights and the Axial M's. It's a two-part podcast, so make sure you check out 99. Probably want to wipe that chat off, too. Oh, they can't see the chat. Okay, good, because... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't see why you can't buy Yakas, because Yaka can't shoot. I know I know Matt didn't address it. But... Where's this right. coming from? Why are we it, picking on Matt today? It's Even right when we go live, Matt. You should know this by now. Why? <laughs> we can shoot, you can't shoot. <laughs> Or just buy Frank because Frank can't shoot anyway. Yeah, I'm not shooting. Anyway. Can't shoot. I'm healthy. When did it start happening that I can't shoot? <laughs> when you're you're saying you had to have surgery, bro. <laughs> I'm fine. I missed one big tournament this year. That's it. I shot at Nationals. I shot at Vegas. I shot at Lancaster. Podium, no, podium. You, you said po- you said you're going into <laughs> the rotator cuff surgery. That's going to be... <laughs> I'll be there next week. Don't you worry. This week, I'll be there I'll be on the podium, and it'll be right next to me. Will be this guy Robbie, and I don't know who'll be in third. Are you shooting, <laughs> are you shooting in the ladies' class or something? Oh, You're gonna have your future stars with a jack o' lantern. No, 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 no. Maddie's old enough for the old man class. I am, but I'm right there with you, young bucks. Oh man, the... but still eligible for the old man records. Shit's getting deep. We are live, just so you guys know. I just, uh-huh. I want to reiterate that. <laughs> I feel just bad for Doug. I, I love really you guys. I just want to reiterate that. <laughs> Doug doesn't know what he's in for. Um, we should have warned him. This is going to be the beginning of the end of any sponsored Barabo archers. <laughs> Right. Good luck getting a contract next year, boys. I've yeah. seen what you do. <laughs> I'll tell you, you you'll never see a podcast anywhere else with some of their pro staff and their shooters and the brand manager for that specific company. Maybe this <laughs> is why, right here, we're breaking mm-hmm. the mold. And once it's broken, it's done. Who knows? Um. All right, gentlemen, we're here. I am joined with uh, Robbie Weisinger, Matt Yaka, John Demmer. And the recurve brand manager um, for Hoyt Archery, Mr. Doug Denton. Doug, welcome to the Barebow Project. Oh, well, thank you. I'm really um, excited to be here. Good, man. This is definitely, like I said, uh, this is a little bit of a different um, feel of a podcast. I will guarantee you that. Um, from what you're typically maybe used to. Um, but we're gonna we're here to focus on some very important details, and that being the new GMX3 series riser that Hoyt recently released, um, the stellar barebow weight that I have sitting here in front of me. We'll talk about that a little bit. The new axial limbs, and really the the story behind and how the the new riser came to be. Um, we were last year at Target Nationals. Um, some of us had had opportunity to get uh, an XD in our hands. I think it was actually shortly after nationals, if I remember correctly. Um, you guys were shooting your exceeds. 
John, I think you were shooting maybe the Epic or were you shooting the XD? I don't remember which one. Um, but that was last year. Um, it, would been, it would have been the Epic or XI. Epic or XI. Um, we had a, a conversation or I had a conversation with Doug in regards to like, hey, there's a few things that we would love to see incorporated in a future riser if that is even remotely feasible. And Doug was like, talk to me. Just let's see what's going on. Um, there was a, a room full of people. We sat down, we had some discussions. We came up with some specific, specific features. Um, and it's funny because after we all kind of had our little powwow and we chatted about it and I talked to Doug, I was like, well, that's a good, good to know. Cause we already have this planned. We already have this planned. We already like, they're already ahead of the game. Um, and before you know it, the GMX came to real life. And I guess, Doug, you know, let's, let's talk about some of those features and talk about the story behind the GMX. And I'm so happy to have a 27 in my, um, here ready to shoot. Let's talk about some of those ideas and the things that came forward and why we did that as far as, um, you know, the requirements, not requirements, the ideas that we came with Fairbow. All right. Yeah. You know, the, you know, rewind back to that conversation that, you know, a lot of the team members, you know, on this call helped with and the ideas and <clears throat> it was really refreshing when I got that list and that email that I could like just check the box that, yep, got that one knocked out, got that one knocked out. You know, it's, people have asked me, you know, when do you, when's your start and when's your finish on when you're designing product? And man, I'm, I'm never not thinking of how to improve something and never not working on, on a, on the next version of whatever it might be. And um, that's why I'm, I was able to be, call it ahead of the game a little bit with the GMX three series on, I had a lot of ideas from working with, you know, everyone on this call, um, and asking and picking their brains and, and learning because first and foremost, one, I could never design the product that I designed if it wasn't for you guys. And, um, and it wasn't for the rest of the world from the most elite archers on the Olympic uh, field to literally the beginner that just got their first bow and they run into me at a seminar, whether it's, you know, here in the U S or, or, you know, somewhere over in Europe or Asia and they, and they go, hey, have you ever thought of this? It is truly the, the ideas of the world that allow me to be able to do what I do. You know, I've been playing archery fundamentally my whole life, been playing uh, Olympic archery and recurve archery for uh, knocking on the door 30 years. But that doesn't mean anything if I didn't have literally the world to be able to, to chat with. So the information I got from, from all you guys on the bare bow piece of it, um, man, was so essential. And it just helped me to validate my theories and thoughts, you know, and that really started with the uh, Formula XD. When I shifted that grip down, we actually tested that geometry of a uh, shifted grip geometry bow for over two years. So I had archers at the Olympic level shooting at, at World Cup finals, at um, World Cup events, at their national type events and winning with a bow that looked like the Formula XI, but was actually the geometry of the uh, Formula XD, so that shifted grip. And that was 
help me validate uh, the theories of can we can we really change the geometry? Can we make a better recurve bow? Because that's the goal is to to make a, a more forgiving, more accurate bow. And then when when John and and Maddie and and uh, Robbie started shooting, and Frank, you you yourself started shooting the uh, um, the Formula XD and testing that out. I didn't know if it would really work the way I hoped it would for Barebow, but it did. And if it wasn't for you guys going, giving me the thumbs up, man, we wouldn't have the GMX3 the way it is today. It it truly is because of you guys. I think part of the conversation when we all did sit down and talk um, and, and that same conversation continued over the last year, once everybody got their hands on the XD, like everybody was like, yeah, this bow definitely shoots. Yeah. Even if it's, the, you know, the formula set up, that lower mm -hmm. grip, it definitely aimed um uh in a way that maybe was a little bit better than what we were used to with the exceed for sure um and then that 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 sort of verified like okay if we could just keep this same these same principles of what's going on with the xd and forward that to this new riser because we didn't know what the name was going to be yeah. um you know and then you know have the the dampeners and the limb pockets be able to have a little bit more options as far as where the weight's going to go um you know and, and a few other things that came about throughout this past year so let's get into those details about this riser that make it so special you know it really is the the fundamental core engineering that i do behind all of the uh Hoyt recurve bows which is first and foremost we you know we coined it you know dynamics flex control and that at the end of the day, what that means is that I want the bow, the top and bottom limb pocket to flex equally with the limbs. So now you have a riser that works with the, the recurve limb. Um, the, shifting the, the weight of the riser to, the, to, to push it out to the ends, even though the, the GMX3 series, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to see that we actually have more of the mass towards the ends of the pocket. That is really key to make the bow feel more stable. Uh, not during, you know, not just when you're aiming the bow, but actually upon the release, the, the bow has a very stable and uh, forgiving platform in that in that aspect. And then throwing in our uh, 360 degree uh, dampeners into the pockets helps, you know, absorb some of that vibration that is just inherently within all recurve bows, regardless of the materials that the the riser might be made out of. Um, but the big piece, the piece that I think most people don't even realize is shifting that grip down. When we shift that grip down, it changes how that bow holds and aims. You're pressuring the, in the throat of the grip. Um, but more importantly, I think it actually changes the uh, knock travel. And it's something that people don't talk about. Matter of fact, I, I think I might've been the first person to ever really talk about it on, a, on an Olympic recurve, on a recurve platform at all is all recurves have downward knock travel. And as we've gotten uh, more aggressive limbs or more, more limbs or the limbs that are engineered with the carbon skins. So I'm saying more aggressive. And what I mean by that is, is they're just high performance recurve limbs. Um, the aerial technology really hasn't necessarily kept up with, uh, with the technology of the recurve limbs. So what we what we see is a breaking down of the spine of the arrow, and what I mean by that, we all know about the Archer's paradox that that the that the um, 
uh, arrow flexes into the cushion plunger and we get that kind of like that, that S shape or the snake look when you look at high speed video. But what no one ever talks about is the buckling effect that happens on arrows. So we have this downward knock travel and that downward knock travel actually will buckle the arrow. So what we've seen at the Olympic level is knocking points have to go higher and higher and higher as we get more high performance limbs. And that makes the arrows and the bows and the setup so critical to tune. And you really have to tinker with your arrows to, to get the optimum forgiveness out of that setup. <clears throat> but by lowering that grip, it lowers that, uh, that knock travel. And with lowering that knock travel, it reduces that buckling and then makes the arrows more forgiving, uh, more accurate. It just cleans up a lot of issues that we've seen throughout the years with uh, with recurve bows. So I think that that shifting in that geometry is is really key. But but when you throw in all the other features that we have, you know, it it truly becomes a bow that is really customizable for all the archers out there because we're all different. Um, we all have different shapes of hands. We're all different draw lengths, uh, different builds. And then, you know, you incorporate the string tension technology that we have in the dovetail pockets, which is how we can change the overall feel of that limb within the same riser. It's pretty cool to have. And then we have the vertitune plates and, um, and changing that rest location. And I know for the barebow piece, it's, it's the high plate or the medium plate. You know, no one ever goes to the low because you just you can't get clearance around the shelf with the, with how you with your crawl and walking the string there. So then when you tie all that together, I think it just becomes the perfect storm of a the most forgiving, accurate recurve bow that we can make. Perfect. Um, you guys that are that are with us, John Matt and Robbie, you've had more opportunity to shoot this bow than anybody else so far. Um, especially I know Robbie and Matt, you've had you've been playing quite a bit. Um what's your feeling so far just to feel from xd to this um and your experiences so far with this riser in your hand uh whoever wants to go first yeah um so yeah i thought it was kind of neat in the beginning when the xd came out and uh i i begged for uh the xd riser because there are there are some risers i'm not a huge fan of and there's some that i really really like and i was kind of excited to try this one because it was a little bit different than what we've shot in the past and i'm a huge fan of the old epic um and got my hands on that xd and it was a little different to tune it at first because i think because of the shift so i had to you know mess around with the, the knock height a little bit um but man once i got it set up and, and cranking like i immediately got a hold of robbie and uh maddie i'm like dude you guys need to ask for an XD because <laughs> stop, stop shooting what you're shooting and, and just, you know, get your hands on the XD. And uh, I believe both of them started shooting a little bit better with the XD more consistent. And uh, we, I mean, we were all excited, you know, after, after that shift to see uh, what was going to come out with the, uh, the ILF version. Perfect. Yeah. I got my, I got my XD in Vegas at the Vegas shoot. Doug gave it to me the day I arrived and I set it up that day and shot the championship division with it that weekend. And that's how fast I tuned that bow. Like it just came right together super fast. We had to mess with the weight. I messed with waiting a little bit. I, I made the mass in the riser a little heavier. I think cause I was just drawing pretty heavy too at the time. 
I had those limbs all the way cranked down. And um, I think just the way I had it weighted just helped out shooting a heavier arrow to, a, you know, aluminum heavy arrow. But man, I tuned that bow so fast, you know, just in one night. And the same with this new bow. I tuned that bow in one hour before a doctor's appointment. I sent Doug some pictures and told him how I did. I didn't shoot it the next day. I went out two days later and I shot that 666 score. Like I couldn't believe it. Like it was, you know, just two hours of tuning that bow and, and it was just dialed in. It seemed to come together so easy for me. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it's magic. <laughs> Yeah, and, and for me the uh i think robbie's the same um for the the xd and the gmx3 they they're basically the same tune uh 25 yeah. to 25 like oh, yeah. 27 it seems to want like a half a spine weaker arrow like or i just <laughs> need to add another pound pound and a half to uh to get the same tune but I'm I'm excited with the GMX because we, we do have some more waiting options. I think that was my biggest complaint with the XD. Um, it shot great. Um, just had to manipulate the weights a little bit for, for Barebow to get it less torquey. Um, I had to get like a back kicker on the end of mine to get it to, to not like rotate a little bit. But with the, the GMX3 having that lower stab bushing as well, um, I think that that's a lot easier to fix. That's why I, I always thought the, the ILF version for Barebow was a little bit a little bit better because um, we do have a, a couple more stab bushings than than the uh, the formula because we run out of room with that that long lever. Good stuff, Robbie. Anything? So, I got my XD probably I think the the end of February and I set it up. Um, I was shooting really well this this whole last indoor season and I'm very timid to change when when things are going super super well um, but just like with everybody else I set that bow up the XD super super quick it shot really well I just I sticked with my exceed to finish stuff out and then when I went to outdoor season it was like immediate immediately world's better than what I was shooting last outdoor season. I think I think it was just a basic quick bear shaft tune, set everything up, make sure it hits the middle. And I was already shooting like at or above world record pace in practice. And that was like for me, I had no been never been anywhere close to that. So I just kind of blew my mind right right off the bat. The same weighting issues. Um, I couldn't run a really heavy bow uh, because of the weight options. When I tried to like put, I tried to really stack up the weight on the limb, the limb bolt, and the bow did not like that. Um, so I had to back that off and just, I got the weighted things for the pockets, the three and a half ones from ramrods that seemed to help the bow sit pretty well for me. And, uh, I mean, I was very consistent in my scores, consistently higher than I've ever, ever, ever shot. And then when I got the GMX, I got it last Wednesday. It showed up in my door. I was at a business trip until Thursday night. I threw it together, got a rough tune Thursday night, shot it Friday afternoon, and it was already on pace with the XD. And the nice part was I could get the bow to actually sit more how I wanted because I was able to play with where and how many weights I actually put on the bow. So I had got the bow a little bit heavier than what 
the XD was, and it it's shooting just as well, if not better. Good so stuff. right off the bat, I shot a tournament with it the day after I tuned it, and it was. What do you feel different higher than I ever shot? What do you feel is different? Like your the shot feel uh, reaction compared to the X uh, exceed. Um, compared to the exceed. Yeah, because we're we're comparing ILF to ILF. Yeah, ILF to ILF. Um, I mean, my exceed was loud, characteristically loud, shocky. It still shot well, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't near as pleasant as the GMXs. The GMX is like a dream to shoot. Very soft on the shot. I like the reaction out of my hand. Um, yeah. Right. I concur with what he's saying, like spot on. You know, one of the things I noticed shooting just over the years with different types of wood recurves or long bows for that matter, the softer bow just has the softer bow at shot. I tend to shoot better. I don't know if I'm expecting it or if I'm, there's something about that, that this new GMX, it is, it's just like butter. Like you shoot it and it's just very soft. I wouldn't say that exceed is, is harsh or shocky. But I think the the noise, the loud, like it, to me, it's loud. I have to put, you know, dampeners on the limbs and just to keep it down. And it's just it's just louder when it's barebow. When I've shot that exceed set up as an Olympic recurve with the stabilizer bars, you don't get the same noise. You don't get the same feel. Obviously, the weight and the, you know, the dampeners eat that up. But um, by itself, as a barebow, it was definitely louder. Definitely not the feedback was. A little more aggressive is the best way to explain it than this new GMX. This is very soft and it's very yeah. quiet. I would say the Exceed, it was like when you shot it, it felt like you felt everything. Like if that bow was moving a little bit, you felt like you were very intimate with that riser. Like every, like you got everything, feed, you got all the feedback coming right back to you. Where the GMX, it seems like the XD was, it's like everything's a little bit more cushioned. Um, you don't get that like... Uh, that direct reaction to your hand or like if you tweak just a little bit that exceed seem to track straighter uh if that makes sense like like if you if you mess up just a little bit it seems like that arrow would impact where you messed up where the gmx um and axia seems to be like like a little bit more for forgiving like uh uh like a slingshot or something where you got that little bit of flexibility and it's like coming back down a little bit. It's not like just propelling in one direction. John, could you tell me the the difference that you feel between the GMX three series versus the Epic? Because you've been a big fan of the Epic and you, and you had a lot of success with that riser and, you know, just having that differences in those feedbacks, you know, that could be very helpful for me. Um, well, <laughs> I've been I've been hurt recently, so I haven't shot a whole whole lot. Um, it does feel a smidge softer. Um, the grip pressure has definitely changed a little bit. Um, yeah, that like that's that's all I can like kind of right now because I, I I actually only shot the I finally set up the, a tune today with the the twenty five. Um, I had to take a about a almost a week off from shooting and doing anything trying to get the the back flare taken care of so I, it's kind of frustrating because i had a couple people ask me about it and i'm like i'm not going to give you feedback or on, like honest feedback if i can't like 
put a little bit of time behind the thing, like, 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 like a month, at least a month. Um, I got to get past that initial tune phase before. Um, but it does feel the initial feel is, is softer. The, The grip pressure definitely changed. Um, the one thing I had issues with, uh, other bows in the past was probably what you said, like the knock travel was it's, it was harder for me to get a bear shaft. Um, like they seem to be more sensitive. Um, this one seems to be a lot easier, quicker to, to get a knock tune. Right. Um, I know I've had that in the past before. Um, but the, the Epic was pretty easy to set up too. So it's kind of like, there's a lot of similarities with the Epic than with the uh, GMX, but to narrow it down a little bit more, I'll, I'll need a little bit more time. Okay. Easy enough. Um, so in regards to those specific features, let's just run down all of them, Doug. Some of some of the the, the key features, both from the Olympic side and obviously the, the Barebow stuff, um, before we kind of tackle talking about the limbs and the weight. Yeah, you know, the, the features really become what I hit on earlier, which is the um, how the bow's engineered with the flex of it. I, again, I always, that's where I always start because I just have found that it's so critical. Uh, the overall mass weight is something that we don't talk about of a riser very often. Um, I would say, you know, the, the riser series, the Prodigy series that I designed many years ago now, um, was the lightest weight riser that I've ever engineered. And I really thought that that's what the world world was telling me. And man, I couldn't, I couldn't have swung and miss any bigger than, than that. Although the, you know, there, there's a lot of archers that had a lot of success with that, but what I have learned is with a Grand Prix riser in order for it to really be like a premium premier product and be more forgiving for all athletes. And it's, it's really that 2.8, to three pound, just the riser itself. You need to hit that. And if you don't, I tell you what, it's it's not going to be what everyone is looking for. Uh, so that's that's first and foremost. I knew I wanted to have around a two point nine pound riser, and I actually took that from the GMX because when I looked at the GMX, the original GMX, it was two point nine pounds, and we had metal archers that really uh, worked well with, but also female archers. So I knew that that overall mass weight would work across the board. And I knew how critical it was to have the right mass weight. So, you know, check that box. And then, you know, moving the, uh, as much of the mass uh, and the design of that riser to the pockets, you know, that's the check box number two. Um, The design and overall flow of that riser, I wanted to make it as sleek as I possibly could. Um, honestly, based off of some of John's comments about how he really liked the Epic. And the Exceed, as we all know, was a quite a bit wider riser. And that was my first attempt to try to move some of that mass to the pocket ends. And that's why it kind of got chunky uh, there towards the ends of the pockets. But I, you know, I figured out a a, a more efficient way to, to shove that mass where I needed it. And so, you know, that was kind of checking that box again. And then when we throw in all of the other uh, features that we already had, which was the dampeners in the pockets mm-hmm. and getting rid of some of that uh, residual vibration, checking another box. Um, but also we can remove those dampers and you can put weights internally. The uh, ramrod weights still fit into it. Uh, and those guys have done a great job with the, 
the tungsten uh, dampening te technology that they had patented, really cool stuff that they, they got going. Um, but also we have our weights, um, they come with the uh, Formula XD that can fit right into those pockets as well. And you can stack uh, some additional weights into the pocket of the uh, GMX3 to give, again, some balance. Now, when you put those weights in, you can't have the dampener in. So, you know, I would always recommend putting in the bottom pocket and not the top. So keep the dampener in the top. If you want to add a little bit more uh, of mass, you can throw that into the uh, into the bottom pocket, but you will have to remove that um, the dampener. And then right along with the uh, the string tension technology with the uh, the dovetail blocks that we have, uh, I think that's one of the features that I've engineered that I was probably the most excited about when I actually engineered it, but the least used. When I start talking to to archers throughout the uh, world at the at the world championships, um, and just everyone that I get to talk with, you know, people typically don't play with that. And man, I would really really recommend people to play with it and really find what works the best for each archer. Well, I think that's a great part of that riser that that's probably like the least talked about. Like you said, it's so customizable. If, if you want something a little bit softer in the back end or a little bit like harder, like, like you're almost, uh, it's more uniform where like you get like a spongy riser or a spongy set of limbs, like you might blow through your draw, um, your draw, like your draw check or, um you just your natural um holding position a lot easier if it's spongy when you know everything gets under a little tension like at a tournament where you can you can customize it a little bit by running it a little bit more aggressive on the on the string tension and you're going to gain just a little bit more poundage on the fingers and you're going to reach that and you're going to feel it a little better where some people want it a little bit spongier um that's a that's an option that like people don't really talk about much but that's what like what you did is is it's great because you can customize the feel how you want it. Um, you can customize like the uh, the the button location. Um, yeah. It's 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 a great like it's a great feature that you don't get with a lot of other things. And the other thing that I like, um, I personally like shooting like uh, a quote unquote Olympic riser is the. Uh, the designer didn't make the weight and put it in a certain location where they think it's best. Um, you can customize it however you want with all those bushings and put the weight where you want it. If that if that bow is like kicking back, okay, you can put it in the bottom. If it's kicking forward, okay, you can put it on the backside of it. You can put that mass essentially wherever you want and, and make that riser however you want. Yeah, and I think that's really, really key piece of it too. The other thing too is just because you start off in one one of those uh, the settings for the uh, dovetail block with the string tension technology we have, doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up at the end of the year. I have a lot of archers that tell me, you know, when they take, you know, call it the the late summer or early fall, they they end up taking a break, you know, and that break might be a month or longer, and then when they come back into shooting and they're getting into the indoor season. They actually put their their uh, their tensions to the the smooth setting, so the uh, dovetail block where you move those pads all the way into the riser, so it's as smooth as it possibly can be, and they'll, they'll shoot that for a number of weeks, if not months, and then they'll slowly start to progress and put those blocks out to the most uh, you know the high performance setting, because when they get under pressure, and as their body gets stronger, they need something a little bit more to pull against, so. 
I would also throw out there that has our shots changes, um, as we get stronger, as the year progresses, don't be scared to change some of those features. Just because it was working for you, you know, two months ago or a year ago, doesn't mean that's that's where our bodies are right now. Doesn't mean that's where it's going to be the optimum place for it as well. Hey, all that concludes episode 95. Please go to the next episode 96 where we continue the conversation with the barebell weight, the new axial limbs, as we had some technical difficulties and had to cut out. It was a good time to start a new episode anyways, so go check that out. Thank you again.